0: PhysEdDepot.com.
1: Also, um, Just Dance. Use the Sing Song Yoga app.
2: Mr. Spring PE. Uh, uh, cosmic Yoga.
3: Does anybody use Go Noodle?
0: When we go back, there's going to be a heightened sense of and need of social
3: and emotional needs. It's almost like kids came to school scared the first couple of days this week.
0: It doesn't hurt to rattle the cage a little bit.
4: Great. Right. And that could be the highlight of some kids' day, yeah. too. So I'm actually making teeth out of
0: yarn. Hey, if I'm going to be a teacher para, I'm going to be the best one they have, you know?
2: Where I'm struggling in, in drawing a blank is, is games and activities where kids can cooperate without equipment.
0: You've had uh, at least one
5: day of teaching now. Any, any insights for us? You're, I think you're right, Stacey, because if, if we don't advocate, <laughs> We're just going to be seen as providers.
3: Yep. They did really good as far as staying away from each other. It's just that that constant reminder to them um, that we have to give them to stay, you know, try to stay six feet apart. Welcome,
0: physical educators. This is Thinking PE because Fayette is more than just fun and games. I'm Stacy Nelson and I'm Jamie Seneca, and it's our goal to dig deeper beyond the activities that make your class awesome. So
2: buckle up and join us on this journey. Welcome to another edition of Thinking PE. Stacy, do you know what I've been thinking? What have you
0: been thinking, Jamie?
2: I've been thinking. I've kind of got the gym, an idea of how we're going to set up the gym. But what are we going to do once the kids get there? What games, and activities are we going to be playing? Uh, how are we going to re- just just all that different stuff is going through my head? How how are we gonna how are we gonna how are we gonna have fun? That, that's that's kind of been that's kind of been what I what I've been thinking.
0: Say, say more about that because I mean, gym is fun, right? I mean, what do you, you're worried about fun?
2: Well, yeah, that's a good point. You know, I, I'm just, I guess what I'm thinking is in the back of my head, I'm thinking that we've got about four weeks of school, you know, we'll start school, but there's a high probability that after about three, four or five weeks, we're going to transition that all distance learning model with the COVID cases, if the COVID numbers go up, which, which they're anticipating could possibly happen. So it's how are we going to maximize that, that initial three, four weeks of school to have as much fun that we can and build a lot of relationships to carry us into distance learning. Yeah, that,
0: that makes a lot of sense. I, I really like that you brought that up. I think you brought that up on the last podcast too, where we were just talking about that's a key time when you get together with those kids to really get your routine down really and establish in case you go to a different model, use that time to know who they are, recognize their, Mm-hmm. I was going to say recognize their face, but you'll at least recognize their mask. <laughs> you might have to, if you go to distance yeah. learning, you might have to ask them to put their mask on to recognize them. Um, but, you know, just to make use of that time. So when, or if you do go to that, to a different model, whether it's switching from um, all in to hybrid or hybrid to, to distance learning, you, you've really made good use of that time and didn't just, you know, try to get through the soccer unit, you know, yeah. <laughs> no, that's-
5: that off.
2: I guess we we haven't seen these kiddos since since March, and I just I truly believe that relationships is the foundation of you know of, of quality education. And it's just um, and how how are we going to build those relationships? How are we going to have fun with the kids in, in that short amount of time? You know, I'm just thinking when when we when we do hashtag six vpe, we got to keep the kids apart. And initially, the idea is a lot of fitness type stuff, a lot of individual skill work. But I don't want to lose that component of kids working together and and definitely not, you know, me interacting with the students, but also the students interacting with each other.
0: Yeah. And it is an interesting picture. And you and I both kind of have this image of, you know, kids all spaced out in the gym looking at a video or outside, you know, and and all spaced out. Um, If they're not interacting, it's okay. I mean, there's some fun activities you can do, but Mm -hmm. it's not nearly as fun as finding ways to get them to interact and uh and i know this podcast touches on some of those and has some ideas but i think it's just the tip of the iceberg what we got to i think the uh, what i love about the podcast isn't that we we get the whole succinct answer to these questions we're asking yeah. it's that we start generating people's brains and that's what i'm hoping any listeners you know get out of this is not necessarily answers. they just get a time when we've started the train going in a certain direction and i saw it even during this covid time and your your eyes light up um during this podcast your your eyes lit up and you're like oh 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 i just had like a whole brain thing and just see your your mind just going and you were remember that one example Yep, you're so respectful of the person talking that you stopped when I was watching you in the video. <laughs> you were just like, oh, oh, oh!" Like, Let me write this down. Let me write this down. I don't want to lose this. I just had a brain moment. And I think that's, I'm hoping that's what happens with the podcast is that we just start, the brain's going in a certain direction. I don't know. It, on it, that?
2: But I think you're on the right track because teachers in general, it doesn't matter if you're a physical educator or, 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 a, or a second grade teacher or a physics teacher it's getting that time of year now when everybody's starting to think about school again. And I can, you know, proof, my, my, my proof for my data collection is just the amount of emails that I've been getting. (laughs) People are, people are starting to, and I don't mean that in a bad way. It's just, it's just people. That's my evidence. People are, it's fresh on people's minds. Now we're, you know, we're staring at labor day here. It's, it's just around the corner and uh, next, you know, next week we start our staff meetings and it's, it's, it's fresh on, it's really at the, it's it's come it's gone to the top of people's people's priorities.
0: Yeah, so it's not just PE geeks like us that are thinking PE. I mean, there's other people that are not only thinking education, but they're thinking PE. I got an email today that was a string of emails from another principal that was sending out emails about MinShape and Shape America, the resource they have on um, health, move minds, and we'll we'll talk about that later in the podcast. But it was like what? I'm getting an email from another principal in another building saying, hey, this, this is a really good resource to help you with all these changes we have. Um, so pa- I'm passing this on to you. I'm like, oh, interesting. You're you're thinking PE too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it, was, it was kind of comforting to me thinking, well, we've been talking to the president of Shape America you know, and we've been talking to people and interviewing people all along. So I've been, and, and, you know, this isn't new to me, but I suppose there's a lot of PE teachers that they're just starting to get back into the swing of things here, and it's time—it's go time for them.
2: Yeah, and you know how, how I've been personally handling—you know—emails and, and stress that's coming in and stuff. Is it's just—it's it's one thing at a time. It's you know—it's almost like a triage. What 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 needs to be solved now? What, need, what requires some thought, and and what what's just an idea that's being thrown out there. And you know, truthfully, what's given me a, a lot a lot of calmness is is we've been thinking we've been thinking about this since since june with hashtag six yeah. feet just starting to throw some of those ideas around what could so what could we could we do or what might that look like and that's why the excitement came when uh i believe her name was stacy yeah she that idea and it was just like the light came on i was like oh i can and so i can't wait i honestly can't wait to try some of this stuff because yeah it, it, I, I think it's gonna be some of some of it's i think it's gonna be awesome it's, there's a lot of a lot of opportunity for growth just like our distance learning experience
0: well that that's actually kind of a partial segue into what we're going to be listening to because it was interesting at, at certain parts of this conversation how we were thinking this uh, whole episode would be about no equipment games
5: mm-hmm.
0: and then there's this idea that comes in opens up a whole new idea around kind of no equipment games but just it was just a whole different way of thinking about uh, equipment that all of a sudden that I saw your brain go on that too. We're going, Oh, wow. Well, if that's true, <laughs> then we could do this and this and this, and I don't want to give the whole podcast away right now.
2: Well, yeah, I'm, <laughs> you know,
0: we're just eager to get to it. Um with that. Let's, let's transition that way of, of heading towards this episode in this first clip. Um, but what I want to remind any listeners of is that there's a lot of resources that get thrown out in this, uh, In this podcast and we asked the participants to put links into the chat and what I did is I put the chat I recorded it and I copy pasted it into a document that we've been taking notes on all of these um, hashtag six feet PE sessions since way back in June and I've just been adding them to a document, and it's an open document, open for anybody with the link. So I'm gonna paste the link into the show notes. So make sure if there's some things you miss in here as people are talking, um, go, go to that document, and we're gonna keep adding to it. So it's a great link to keep. And you can look all the way back at the notes from before any of the recordings were done, and you can really look at specific, there's a lot of links in, in this, one, this one specifically. So this first clip, we're talking about no equipment games. Let's take a listen. What can we do if your district tells you, no, we don't want students sharing equipment. What, what, what can we do? Where are you going to start? Any ideas?
3: Use of projectors, videos.
0: Okay. And what types of things are you, I mean, the obvious ones would be like a dance unit. Um, exercise like to Darth Vader and some of those videos we've seen. Um, Do you have any other ideas going along with that?
6: I painted something on the black top where the kids are going to go so I can use what I painted for them.
0: Can you expand on that, Sandra? What did you
6: paint? I painted those T's that you've seen.
0: Okay. Okay. And then what are you going to use those for?
6: Um, Agility drill, dance, mirroring. Um what is the other one? If I'm actually making to send home, every kid's going to get one to go home because then they can balance on them and use them for twister and do different activities with them. So I have those all set out in my, on my black top, okay. six feet apart.
0: So what, what are you sending home with them? I'm a little, I'm not picking up on it. So
6: I'm actually... Making tees out of yarn. Oh, okay. So, that I could, so see, if we go virtual, I can send it home.
4: Okay.
0: So, so if people are listening to a podcast, they can't see it. Can you describe what you were holding up there? Um,
6: it- I'm tying four pieces of yarn together, red, yellow, green, and blue, and it'll make a tee and then you can use those four quadrants to do agility drills and different things and stuff. But I have it painted on my black top. And I have them also made out of um, duct tape for my gym floor. So I could put them down and they wouldn't have to touch them. It'd be like a poly
0: spot. And so describe more some of these agility drills. What would you, how would you, would you call out Right foot, left so foot, So I'm,
6: I'm going to make task cards, and it'll have, like, jump in the back, jump forward, jump to the side, or bell jump, and but there'll be different patterns, and I'm going to line those up, and then the kids have to read the task card and figure out how to do the drill on their own without me showing, okay. and they'll be with partners because, you know, they'll be six feet apart, but they can talk about it. And then if they can do the pattern 10 times in a row, fluid, without a miss, meaning touching a line, then they can make up a variation. And then I just have to move the kids all down, and they go to the other end, and they get a new task card.
0: Okay. And to Kyle's point, if you were in a gym, you could use the large screen for, instead of a task card or... Um, that, yep. that type of a thing as well. Do you and laminate they, the task cards then, or do they not touch them?
6: I, they're going to be in pockets. You know, a cone, the oops, pocket thing. So I laminate them. Yep. Okay. So that's on my computer being worked on.
0: <laughs>
6: and then I have I have dances made up already, and so.
0: And what grade do you go.
6: teach? K four.
2: Okay.
4: Great.
0: Good way
6: to start. Where I'm,
2: where I'm struggling in, in drawing a blank is is games and activities where kids can cooperate without equipment, and and bring that that just for where kids are interacting and doing things together. We're we're just a you know a traditional game or, or something, and that, that's where that's where I've been drawing a blank.
0: Yeah.
4: The one for me that first came to mind were just relay races. Um, And maybe having a couple different things, like when they get down to, let's say, the end of the gym, they have to do a certain exercise or something, and then running back, and then they can cooperate by obviously cheering their teammates on and that kind
2: of stuff.
0: Okay. And you can
7: have... Go ahead. So, so far, all of them seem to be, for the most part, when you have the kids with you in the gym, right? Yep. So... What we're doing, because we don't have the kids, is we're going to implement Flipgrid. Okay. And we can have the kids correspond with each other via Flipgrid with a teacher monitor. So I can give an assignment for them to do a skill and record it and send it to me. But I can also have them do a skill or a trick. And then another kid has to try to mimic it and record it and send it back. And so they get to
0: work
2: together in that aspect. I like that. I like that because that's kind of what our, I, think. What Kyle had talked about the, the mirroring part, where one kid would try to do one thing and another kid has to yeah. has to match that. And that's kind of the that's kind of the interaction in, that I'm looking for with students and no equipment, but still but still interacting with each other.
0: And that's even from a distance. Right. Similar so saying, you can <laughs> you can still get them interacting, still do the mirroring. It's just delayed, I guess. And still works. Yeah. and they're getting to communicate
7: directly with whoever they're talking with. Okay. Does every kid have a Flipgrid
0: um, account? It's for uh,
7: on the internet. It's a internet-based pro- program, and we've all of our kids have computers. Okay. Computers or iPads, and it'll work with any of those.
0: But the school isn't controlling the Flipgrid accounts, correct? It's, it's
7: not- I'm controlling the Flipgrid account. So every video that they create has to come to me. Okay. And I can choose to open up the account so that all of the responses immediately respond to each other. Or I can make it where I have to watch it and then let it go out. And then the kids can work back and forth with each other after I let them go.
6: Would you be able to do that activity with Seesaw?
7: I think it works in the Seesaw, but you're limited to who can be in it so much. Where with the Flipgrid, I can open it up more, and they can have more interaction with each other, from my understanding.
0: Okay. Does anybody else use Seesaw to know if that would what justin was explaining would work even maybe not as good as flip or as well as flipgrid but it would still work maybe anybody know no nope. I understanding
2: yeah. seesaw is almost like a looks almost like a facebook it's almost like a it's like a social media platform but for schools where kids can do that similar stuff to a flip flipgrid uh, my, my district doesn't have uh, seesaw but my wife's district she does so just just hear her talk about it a little bit
0: Okay, so it might work, but it might be I, a more I, cumbersome.
2: I, 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 th- I think they're, I think they're very similar. Okay, and they're in their capabilities. Okay.
0: Anybody have resources that <clears throat> they're planning on for sure using? Um, maybe let's let's start with the big screen. Um, you, do you have a favorite dance? I, I, again, I'm putting this out there, kind of for uh, in the podcast, so we, we can. Give, give some people some ideas of places to go. Um, anybody have a favorite dance YouTube that they follow or um, any other ideas of what you'd use for um, for that big screen? Any, any resources off the top of your head? I
6: have some stuff on YouTube where, I don't know if it'd be, because the kids would be moving, but it's, they do a locomotor, and then they have to stop, and then they do a non-locomotor, and then they hit a symmetrical symmetrical pose, and then they move again. So I have some videos like that on um, Facebook, and I have some glow stick dances, like to the song Smile, and I have a dance to Be Nice on my YouTube channel. So, And it's all K-4 kind of dances.
0: If you get a chance while we're... Chit chatting. If you want to put a couple links in the um, in the chat, then I will add those to the notes page I put for, together, and okay. I, I I allow that to everybody that listens to the podcast, or or otherwise, or all of us could copy it too. Um, and by the way, I forgot to mention it. You can record the chat um, at, when when we're done here, and, and any of those links will um, will be saved to your computer. So. Feel feel free to do that. Um, I know there's a resource, uh, Mike Ginnicola. He's f- FI- Ed, uh, physeddepot.com, <inaudible> right? Physeddepot.com. I'll put those in the chat. That's one of my
2: favorite. He's just he's got a ton of uh, of resources. Um, Another good one was uh, Randy Spring. Is that what's his? Mr. Spring
0: PE. Mr. just
2: yeah. If you follow him on
0: Twitter, he's a good, good follow.
5: Randy's excellent. He has a lot of resources.
0: Yeah. Who's the, who's the fabulous yoga um, gal who forgot the name?
2: Co- uh, Cosmic yoga.
0: Cosmic yoga, man. Those were a favorite during distance learning for, um, for my students. They're long, but the students didn't seem to care.
5: Stacy, hey, so can you put that in the chat? I don't think I'm familiar with it. that one. Cosmic yoga. Uh, make,
0: and that's what you just um And that's YouTube. Okay. Just you look her up on YouTube. Yeah, she's got a ton.
4: Um, Is it any- more uh, directed at elementary students or could it work for middle school too?
0: Um. Hers are very elementary, I would think.
4: Okay.
0: Um, yeah, because it, it, it's basically storytelling. That's the. Okay. Th- that's the beauty of it. Um, I'm trying to think if there's some for older kids that would that would include yoga.
3: Does anybody use Go Noodle?
0: Oh yeah, there you go. Can't believe we didn't remember that.
3: I haven't. Um,
0: Say, so tell me
2: more I, about that.
3: I know a lot of our teachers, homeroom, classroom teachers, use it for like inside recess or you know, some other inside stuff. Our music teacher uses it a lot. I've never used it. I've just, I've always done, you know, hands-on equipment and stuff, but, uh, you know, I've heard a lot of good things about Go Noodle videos. There's a lot of variety and stuff, so I think that's going to be a good resource for me this year, so. Yeah.
1: Also, um, Just Dance, So they have some good videos on there, too.
0: Is that just dance.com or just look on YouTube look up just dance?
1: On YouTube on YouTube, just dance. And then you can pick and choose different songs and dances. And some of them are more middle school, I would say. Some of them are definitely more elementary or preschool. It just kind of depends.
0: Yeah.
6: Um, yoga, have you used the Sing Song Yoga app?
0: So- Sing song yoga. App. Sing
6: song yoga right. is an app. Oh, and she cool. she sings the directions to the um, pose, and then all the directions are written on the bottom, so it's really good for literacy. And it's in app purchases, but you should just buy one of the packages, and then you can just pick whatever you want and drop it down and make your own flow. And you can do something like if you're working on levels, do high level, medium level, low level poses, and then ask the kids what level it is. And then you do the same thing with symmetrical and asymmetrical, okay. and you can teach those two concepts. But it's really cool because she's real calm, and she sings all the directions, and then it's all written down cool. right on the screen as she does it. So it's sing-song yoga.
0: Sandra, would you mind typing that in the chat too, so we'll. and list that it's an app not a not a website
6: it's an app but i would pay for the full package don't do 99 cents yeah kind of stuff
0: you're gonna splurge the whole the whole 99 cents good
6: (laughs) well it's like 14 dollars, i think or something but we used to spend tons of money on
1: Yes, DVDs right.
0: and, things. and now if we spend $2 on an app, we think it's expensive. You know, so. you know Jamie, it's fun listening to that. I mean, there's several really good resources from people off the top of their heads and kind of bullets. And if you're listening to a podcast, it's like, oh, my gosh, I got to remember those. Um, just a quick reminder, those are all on in the show notes. There's a link to a document so it's a google doc it's called hashtag six feet pe notes and all of those will be in there and then you and i were just kind of talking and we even thought of a, a couple of others you want to th- throw those out there and we'll put those in the notes as well
2: yeah i was going to op- you know i was going to open up with open 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 you know that during the distance learning they came out with a number of resources and videos especially when uh, when it came to um uh, virtual field days there's a lot of resources on there for different field day events, and uh, another one was just our, our national organization, Shape America, who also has a, a tremendous amount of resources. But then also think about your state organizations. For us in Minnesota, it's Minshape, and Minshape has taken, taken a leading role in developing some of those resources for teachers. But you know, as we go from the national to the state, to, you know don't forget your local resources too, and that's just you talking with your, your friends and, and other colleague, colleagues in your very own districts.
0: Yeah, I think that's uh, something you can't, uh, can't overlook, just those conversations you're going to have, hopefully, um, within your district. I know sometimes when school starts, we get pretty isolated, but hopefully it be a, a great chance to build some bridges and reach out and specifically say, hey, what in the world are you doing first day or second week or that, that type of a thing? I think that's and, a great and idea. That's just
2: it. I think, you know, from, from uh, Open Phys Ed or Shape America or MinShape. You get you get a lot of resources, but you you really need to have that somebody or that group of people that you can bounce ideas off of specifically what's not working. Oh. You know, have have that safe environment where hey this isn't working for me. What can I do different? And you you don't necessarily get that from a from a Shape America.
0: Yeah, oh, That's super that's super good insight. And it goes back to some of the podcasts, some of the people we've interviewed where we're talking about surrounding yourself by by good people and nobody knows the people in your district better than the other pe teachers that are going through probably really similar things you know we can listen to a, a fun podcast on it but we got teachers from all over america kids are you know we, we say they're the same but in many ways your district is unique and the people in your um district the other pe teachers probably know that best so um, if, you, if you don't have that resource you don't but hopefully if you do reach out to them and really make good use of it um, this next segment, um, man, I just was busting a gut as we were setting this up, Jamie. Um, if, if you're able, if you do watch this on YouTube, we, we do have them recorded on YouTube. That's not the primary pe- way people, most people see them, but it, it might be worth going out there. Jamie, in this next segment, got visibly excited as the idea Stacy brought up was, was being generated. And she, she talked about it, and Jamie is so polite and he let her finish her thought. And then as soon as she did, he was gonna explain something, and then I jumped in and cut you off. <laughs> and you're, you're like Clef. rocking back and forth in your seat, pointing War- at the camera. Warming up
2: the hands. <laughs> you literally
0: did this, warming up your hands in the camera, ready to, ready to talk. You go, okay, I got something, I got something. Jamie had to wait a minute and 40 seconds to get in what he was thinking about. So anyway, we were just having fun with this. So as you're listening to this next segment, Listen for about a minute and 40 when Jamie finally gets a chance <laughs> to express some of what he was thinking on this. It's, it's a good time. Take a listen to this next segment. It's, it's really good.
1: I saw somebody had an idea of doing frisbee golf outside with hula hoops. So that would be your equipment that you would have to sanitize. But um, they had students make their own frisbees from like heavy duty paper plates and they could decorate them. And then that would be their own Frisbee, Stinks. which, which Stinks. wouldn't work for me here because it's too windy all the time. But for someone that maybe wouldn't have as much wind.
0: Or indoors. or Yeah, yeah
1: or indoors. And then that way, because I know a lot of the teachers, the classroom teachers are having, you know, their students are having their own box of scissors and pencils and stuff so they don't share equipment. And so I guess if they were to create their own – Frisbee, yeah. um, that would be following those guidelines, but we can't have them have their own equipment for everything we do because that's, you know, not, doesn't work. But
0: No, but that's a great door you open there of what other things could we do with, and I got to do everything, but what other things could we have students bring their own equipment or make it in class and then use? Any other?
4: Mm -hmm. Well, I was just gonna say, kind of going off the frisbee idea, just using like a piece of scratch paper and making a ball, like paper ball, and then they could use to demonstrate throwing, underhand throwing, things like that. Then that way you can still have them go through this or teach the standard, but they even have their own ball. Yeah.
1: And if it's you know if it's minimal, I mean if it's something like a piece of paper, I mean some of that stuff could even be thrown away. Absolutely right. Um. Also, I just thought of on paper plates too. I mean, you could, the cheap kind, the really thin, cheap kind, you can stand on them and side slide and do different things. You can do ab workouts, I suppose, like so they'd be like sliders and things like that, maybe sure. Sure. for a minimal cost um, and maybe throw them away. But I don't know.
2: I don't know. So, Stacey, I will, I'll say thank you for getting, getting, getting my mind rolling here because I just envisioned hula hoops for, for, the, for the golf thing. Hula hoops are the holes. And then we did this event for our field day. It was just a shoe kick and the kids just love all they did to see how far they can kick their nice. shoe. So if we did like shoe kick golf where their yeah. equipment is their shoe, yeah. now I, I know it comes to now I got kids running around and bear, you know with no shoes on outside, but we'll we'll worry about that when the time comes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, just,
2: good idea. It's, it's just it's just that out of the box thinking that, that we're that and that's why I love doing this, is it's just that little thing just just sparked that uh, that thought in my head.
0: If that's an Olympic sport in eight years, you know Jamie started it.
2: Well, no, no. It started with Stacy. I guess it started (laughs) with (laughs) Stacy. Never would have thought of it otherwise.
6: Um, Back to the paper plates, this isn't my idea. This is from one of your podcasts, and somebody suggested using a paper plate as a racket and getting cotton balls. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then striking. And the other one was actually you can't balance bean baits, but you could balance a paper plate on the head and the shoulder and stuff. Okay. But I got that off of your podcast from May or something. Oh
2: wow. Oh, cool.
0: So that we got a long term listener here, Jamie. All the way from May.
2: <laughs> Hopefully she missed that pod podcast where I was making up words. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> oh, thanks, Senator. Yeah, that's that's it. It was an interesting turn we just took, kind of almost like we we're in the distance learning mindset, like Justin was talking about earlier, and saying, "Well, what equipment can we use?" That that type of a that type of a mindset.
7: Um, we're trying to get our parents to buy PE packs, and that seems to be going pretty well. Good. And then using those PE packs in as many different ways as possible. And then if we do come back on campus, we'll tell them which pieces out of those PE packs to bring to class so that we can use them. Okay.
4: Are you guys supplying?
7: Uh, we're supplying the ones that if they come forward and say they can't afford it, our PTO or through my fundraising account, we're going to go that way. But we're asking the parents that can afford it or the parents that want to give us a donation on top of to help us out to set it up.
2: That's awesome. Yeah, so we we set the parameter at, at no equipment games. But what actually also came out of that was PE packs and actually disposable equipment games, yeah. which falls right in the line that, you know, kids aren't sharing they're not they're not sharing, they're not using equipment per se, like like paper plates and those things.
1: Yeah
0: and like Justin's idea you could bring the jump ropes for part of the day you don't have to clean them because the kids are going to bring them back and put them back in their pack afterwards Um, and then you don't have to feel like you have to use the jump rope the whole time because that's what I feel like if I'm going to clean jump ropes I'm going to make use of them (laughs) but But if you were going to have bring them and then bring them back you don't have to yeah, I'm and this is where,
2: where I go back to our conversations that we were having before the meeting. And, you know, when, when administrators say no equipment, or that, I mean, in their heads, no equipment means they, they just, they don't think like us. Yeah. And now we have, we all of a sudden we have five, six ideas yeah. in the last 15 minutes that we could say, so this will work.
0: Yeah. Do any of you know your parameters yet? Well, you'll be able to use equipment, just not share equipment, or you can do it between classes or... Do you know yours, Sandra? Um,
6: We finally got the okay to share. Kids have to wash their hands prior and after, and then we have to sanitize afterwards, and it should pretty much be just a partner share, not like seven or eight people type of thing. And what happened was they were going to share math manipulatives in the classroom, but PE wasn't allowed Mm. to share, and we kind of went, Mm -mm. if they can share math manipulatives we get to share so we just found that out like today so that really opened up a lot that we can actually play catch
0: oh man it opens
6: up i know i feel so lucky (laughs) it's like i started off with no equipment and then we went to you can use equipment if you sanitize it and now we can actually share with one other person
0: okay and that kind of relates back to what tom said earlier about Advocating, advocate for our, our what we're doing. What we're doing is important. And if they shut you down, they can shut you down. But we we need to keep speaking up and obviously being respectful. And it, when they give you the final word, it's the final word. But we we don't we need to advocate for our our, our curriculum. It, it's important for kids to not just come in and walk around. You know, otherwise otherwise hire a para and have the kids just walk around the track. You know, if if that's what it's going to be
5: i think you're right stacy because if if we don't advocate we're just going to be seen as prep providers yep yeah good word
1: um at my school district we're allowed to use equipment but we're supposed to sanitize all of it and the problem that we've ran into is that they have not given us time in our schedule so it's back-to-back classes business as usual so le- legitimately we can't sanitize equipment our sanitizer has to sit, I guess, for 10 minutes before it's effective, so it like air dries on. Um, have you guys ran into that or have you had any um, better or more creative scheduling from your administrators or anything like that?
6: Well, this is what um, a PE teacher is thinking of doing, stacking some mats and putting a tarp behind the mat in the gym, so you know, kind of like a fort type of thing and having two sets of equipment. So once the kids are done, the kids just throw the equipment over the mat, and it's on a tarp, and they just spray it down. And then the next class gets the equipment from the other side of the gym. And then when they're done, they just throw it all over on top of the tarp.
0: Nice. That's
6: what he's planning on doing.
0: Switch it out. Okay.
6: So he has two sets of equipment, and then just toss it over the mat tarp on the floor yeah. and spray it down and let it
1: dry to the next class. Um, so we'll see any if any chance? It works.
6: That's his job. That, yeah. You know, that's what he figured
0: out. So, Is there any chance to let students do some cleaning? Because if you had the students at the end of one class clean whatever equipment they use, that can sit. And then you bring the next class in, by the time you get warmed up and all those other things, that's, I'm sure 10 minutes goes by. I don't know if that...
1: Right, uh, and should. they're not allowing students to sanitize. Yeah. So, cool. so, yeah, I so that's why I'm thinking more about no equipment, because I'm like, well, if I can't follow the sanit, sanitary like um, protocol, mm-hmm. then I better not use equipment. I don't know. Yeah. I'm just racking unless, my brain.
0: Unless there's some things you can do sometimes you can be cleaning one set while the students are active, you know, even even yeah. observing or, you know, I don't know, while we're working, you just might have to do some cleaning to make, to make that go somehow or another. And I don't know. That might be another option. Good question, though. I've
7: heard of a lot of people that are using balls that the kids can't touch, kind of like soccer, so that that helps with that cleaning scenario so like the golf thing they're playing soccer golf or they're allowing i heard a crazy one the other day kickball, but the kids are not allowed to ever catch or touch the ball so the ball's kicked home and the catcher places it with his foot at home base the batter comes up and kicks it and all running stops as soon as somebody can get a ball to one of the bases and stops it and so, again, you're not tagging, you're not whatever, all around, but you're trying to get the ball to a location to stop the running. So a lot of – That'll be interesting soccer. to see how that one works. Yeah.
2: Yeah, but incorporating, uh, you know, like, like soccer trapping, yep. you know, and passing those things. Yeah. Know, one of my
4: coworkers does it, and it's like ba- basically a warm-up, like, beam to our soccer unit. She calls it soccer kickball.
0: And it's the same basically the same thing you just explained. Nice. Yeah. I like it. If they're good at kicking,
7: that'll be good. If they're bad at kicking, that ought to be interesting.
4: <laughs> just like a lot of our
0: a lot of our activities.
1: <laughs> I, I've been just jotting down ideas as I see people or hear people or talk to colleagues from other states and stuff. Um, somebody said, too, like red light, green light, working on locomotors skills for like the younger elementary, which is a good idea.
4: Yeah. Yeah, I was just gonna say that. And um, like the deck of cards where you have the four suits being different exercises, it could be a warm up activity um, and doing that kind of stuff.
7: Have you guys talked about the this or that tonight? Because those are interesting ones. So you have a um, PowerPoint, and the, the kids choose between this activity or that activity. Or you do the rock, paper, scissors against the computer. And so they're all playing rock, paper, scissors, and the computer comes up with the next screen that tells them what it is, and then depending on if they win, lose, or draw, whatever the activity they have to do. Um, Another one is asking a question and having a, a true false. And they have to answer it via giving you a motion movement. So if the answer is true, they have to do jumping jacks. If the answer is false, they have to do squats. So then the kids are answering the question depending on what they think is correct.
2: Okay. Yeah, good. And if you go to, if, I'm sorry to cut in, but if you go to Mike Giannicola's Phys Ed Depot page, he has a a bunch of those this or that's on, on uh, even on YouTube available.
0: And again, that's yeah. PhysEdDepot.com. Cool. I was thinking about stations where you could have maybe iPads set up with different activity. I don't know. I I don't have this fully thought out. I was just wondering if that would spark something for somebody of. Stations, you get your kids in smaller groups, and then you could set up different activities. Any, anything, Spark, as I mentioned that?
7: There's an app, and I do not remember the name of it, but it, take, it takes a picture of the kids while they're doing an activity and puts something on the screen, and then they have to touch, put their hand and touch it, or dribble a basketball into a certain area, and it's counting their dribbles in a minute. Okay. And so that one's kind of cool. And so it puts like a star up and the kids are dribbling with their right hand and they have to touch the star with their left hand. And so that's when it's even without anything, they're just standing there touching the star or whatever. And it moves around the screen. Okay. That's a good station with an iPad.
0: Okay. Has anybody seen that one? I think I have seen that.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I um I saw on a website I don't remember where, this is not really stations, but a teacher did like sensory pathways or movement pathways with spray paint on around their track or walking path. Um, they just had like concrete, but students could go and do what they say, like hopscotch and jumping over hurdles. Um, did you guys see that? Did anybody else see Thank that? Goodness. It was so
7: cool.
1: She'd have like, you know, a squiggly twirl and they, that's where they'd have to spin, you know, would say spin two times, um, you know, then she'd have a box that would say like 10 jacks. So they'd have to do 10 jumping jacks and zigzag jumping and a lot of different things. And it was very colorful and fun. And you could space the kids out to go through that thing. And that would be no equipment and they could do it at recess. If you need a recess activity, if they're not using recess equipment,
0: yeah, that's the type I of did one, presentation I was talking about. Go ahead, Justin.
7: I did one during the summer where we listed like 30 different types of activities, one to 30. And we um, had the kids take a dice and roll the dice. And so if they could roll it with a one or two dice, and let's say it said six, they would go to the sixth activity down and do that activity. And then they would roll the dice again. And let's say it said five. So they're going to take the six and add five to it and go down and do that activity. And so if they got to the bottom, they just started back at the top again, like a board game. It's yeah. so all it was, is a list of activities. So you could put that on the screen or you could literally give it to them in the, like on a cone protector. And all it was is the ice rolls on a screen. And so if they're in your, you go there's a YouTube page for dice rolls for one or two die that just plays through and you hit pause and okay, that's the activity you have to do next. So you could do that via an iPad or a big screen.
0: Yeah. And that's the type of activity I was thinking really would work well for after you've done it a little bit, gamify it a little bit. Where yeah. now you add challenges and you can't maybe go to the next level until you can do that at 10 times in a row or something like that to add a yep. game or add, you could um, have them get points or virtual coins or something like that. And then if, if they get so many coins, you know, then they can buy a fun activity at the end by, by doing some, you know, as, as a class you get, I don't know. Uh, I'm just, <laughs> It's going off the top of my head, but trying to take that activity to be fun for a while, but then gamify it, add some, Yeah, it's their activities or um, angles to it. Have the kids make this stuff up or, you know, have somebody go to the front of the room and if, if you can do, you know, ask the kids, if you can do something fun and unique, for those of you who can't see it on the podcast, the kid's got his hand on the wall with his fingers pointing straight down and then he's walking under his arm and he's contorting himself one way and then the other. And I mean, it's just a, it's not simple. I don't know that I could do it.
4: <laughs> I don't think my arm bends like that. Yeah,
0: but I was thinking that mirroring idea of, you know, you do it and have a partner do it, or have the whole class. I think it would just be that fun piece, and then something we've talked about a little bit is adding leadership into your classroom a little bit. Where, yeah, get a kid up front and have him show off, so to speak, and have and so that three quarters of the class can't do that because he's double jointed. Well, that's fine. It still was kind of a fun activity um, in the meantime.
6: So, you could do balance challenges without equipment. Yeah, there you go.
2: Yeah.
6: Right? Balance on two body parts, balance on three body parts. Now, turn over, do a bridge. Can you make your bridge move? That kind of stuff.
0: Yeah. And you could do that with partners and just say two body parts, leave it open, and then one partner chooses. One foot in one hand, and the other one chooses some some other way, and both of them have to mirror each other, and practice going back and forth. I yeah, that's exactly what I'm. I'm talking about something like that.
7: You could challenge them to make the activity be a a high, medium, and a low activity too, with what they're doing. You you have a little bit more about that, Justin. So you have to perform an activity that has two. We'll, we'll call them tall, short, and or short, tall, and medium. Okay. You have to perform two activities that are at a medium height. You have to perform yeah. three activities at a tall height, and you have to perform four activities using a short height. And you can put them together in any form you want,
1: yeah, in any pattern. Yes. Yeah. You could do that. You could do that with speeds too, like slow, medium, and fast.
7: Yeah. yeah. Um.
1: I'm not sure if I
6: got this off of asphalt green or somebody else, but you're in a group of three. Hopefully I get it right. One person's the clay, one person's the sculptor, and one person's the model. And the person who is the sculptor gives a direction. And then the model just stands there. And the other person has to give the direction so that the person who can't see the model yeah. looks exactly like them, something like that.
0: Yeah, and the rest so, of you getting that, that sounds like a fun interactive game and leadership and, um, and then you Communication. Can, communication. And we
6: tried it and we said, somebody goes, well, put your leg in the air and I put my leg straight, but the other person had their knee bent. So then they had to change their direction yeah. to get me to I like look it. more like so. Yep, yeah. And I think that was Asphalt Green has some stuff out, that's, you can go on.
0: Okay. Again, you, would you mind throwing that in the chat if you get a chance? And, yeah. And then I we don't can, know
6: if I have the website, but I can put down the yeah, name. Yeah, at least the name
0: and we can Google search it. And, but, okay. Yeah. As many resources as we can get out to people, would be great. Another
7: good one, it has lots of equipment, but the kids don't have to touch it. It's having the kids bring something that they can use as a blindfold and play minefield. They're in partners and they have to try to talk their partner through the minefield without touching anything.
0: Uh, yep, I like that.
7: And so now you're working that, you know, the great communication part and being able to move in different directions and you can tell them, hey, you now have a certain amount of time to get through it. Not just get through it. Can you get through it with the shortest amount of time? Yeah. And if your partner touches something, you go back and you switch. And now you have to try to walk your partner through it yeah. by talking to them.
0: Great idea. Yeah. And that's that gamifying piece, adding, adding the time in there. Yeah. yeah. Well, Jamie, I set this up, and I hooked our audience with this idea that you were so excited about something. You waited a minute and 40 seconds to tell them what it was, and you oh. made a comment that, I want my kids to kick their shoes off. Can you help me understand, well, there was something more going on there besides this activity of kicking shoes off. Why were you so stinking excited?
2: Well, yeah, I mean, number one, it was the enthusiasm from our field day. Uh, where, where kids were, you know, just seeing how far they could kick their shoe, yeah. and they loved it. But it, it just stemmed it, it. It's the excitement came from how how it just it just blasted open the doors. And we were talking about no equipment, and for me that just that just kicked down the kicked down the door. To when we talk no equipment, we, we're talking about disposable equipment or using the kids' shoes as equipment. You know, things that are that they're not sharing that that, and we still meet those safety health, uh, guidelines. So it just takes that concept of okay now now kids are kicking their shoe, and I said there's a lot of logistics to figure out behind it but I say that that excitement came from it just totally totally opened up so many more doors and conversations to have
0: yeah it was fun to kind of see how yeah, we were kind of wrestling with this idea of no equipment yeah we can come up with activities but are they going to be engaging are they going to be fun and yeah we were coming up with ideas and we were plowing along but it was like you said it's just like opening this door or plowing the door down I guess is how you said it and now all of a sudden, like we walked into a whole other storage room of equipment in our, oh, I didn't know I had this storage room at school. Yeah. <laughs> Look what I can do now. <laughs> Look at the things I can play with here. And it was kind of fun just to see that morph. And then even uh, Justin came up with the, you know, the other idea with his district of uh, a similar type of thing is not disposable. But if kids bring their own, then it's not sharing. And so, well, yeah. now we're, we're going to go again with a whole other avenue of things. And his district is willing to do maybe what yours isn't, but maybe it's an idea. You, you could have kids bring something simple in. I don't know.
2: You know, but it really highlights that growth mindset. And, and we, we saw this back in the first series of Hashtag Six Feet PE back in June, when we would get stuck talking about standards and how, how would you teach a standard and, and, and still maintain social distancing? It would be stuck. It would be stuck, and then somebody would throw a nugget of information out there, and then and then it would just go in five different directions. And we see a lot. We see a lot of that here. So, you get your ideas from, from from Twitter, from Shape America, from uh, Open Phys Ed. But we're I think we're we're going to find a lot of resources is is through each other, through those conversations of, oh hey, did you see what I saw on Twitter? And then it just grows from there based on your students and the equipment that you have in your gym.
0: No, I think that's not only valid, but super important. I, I'm glad you, you, you kind of turned us on to that in this podcast, really focusing in on the people you know, right? Whether it's local or just your closest friends in the in the PE world, I think it's really super important. Um, kind of heading us into this next section, which which is around SEL, this piece that you just went through of you were kind of struggling and stressed and you went from stress to really excitement with one idea um it kind of brings to note that we're gonna as teachers be walking as into this situation more stressed than normal and to realize yeah. that and that the social and emotional piece is important for kids and that's what this next segment is about but just to remember that this is for us too there's probably some hidden things in our psyche that are going on that we don't really realize and just to kind of have grace for our own selves as we enter into these especially this week or all around minnesota we've got one week and then most teachers are back full and and, in prep and there might be some anxiety you know rising this week in you and that type of a thing and if it's happening in us man how's it gonna happen other people and it comes out in all sorts of ways, some people are straightforward and it blows you over, other people they stuff it and other, you know, some people just kinda of comes out sideways and we don't know what we're gonna get with kids. And that's the fun part about this next segment is some of these teachers have really put, had some really good thoughts about the anxieties kids are gonna be bringing um, those first couple days especially to class. So let's take a listen as these teachers share um, their thoughts on social and emotional pieces That kids are going to be bringing in the first day of class. When we go back, there's going to be a heightened sense of and need of social and emotional needs um, on the students' part and the teachers', but let's focus on the students first. Um, What accommodate, I don't know if I want to call it an accommodation, but what thoughts have you had about how you're going to approach? the year or your setup or your instructions or any part of it that, um, that might be just a little bit tweaked different than it would have otherwise, because you know students are coming from, things are crazy, you know, school's not the same as it was
1: last year.
4: Um, so towards the end, well, obviously before we all shut down, I focused a lot more with stretching, like static stretching with my eighth graders towards the end of classes and which I wanted to do at the beginning of the year, but you know, some, sometimes things just get so busy that Mm -hmm. I just didn't get to it. So the last like five minutes, I want to work on like breathing exercises and stretching with my kids just to like. We had this, you know, long, crazy class period of activity and stuff just to kind of calm them down and maybe it's a way for them to relieve stress or whatever and just take like the last five minutes of class. So they have that opportunity to, and then they can go on to their next class trying to feel, you know, somewhat relaxed, maybe.
0: No, I like that.
4: So that's what I'm really going to focus on this, you know, the beginning weeks and stuff, so, and throughout the rest of the year.
5: Yeah. Great, Lauren, and probably the teachers that your students are going to after your class probably thank you for that also.
0: Yeah. For sure. We got something, I think it was Randy Spring, was that the last podcast we released, Uh, Jamie, where he had talked about um, PowerPoint. Are you are you with me?
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. is that Randy Spring? Yep. And the idea of PowerPoint is kind of like you were talking about, Laura, uh, Lauren. There at the end of class, I like to get them just a little bit settled down, like Tom said, so the teachers thank me, um, and do a little bit of breathing. But he has something he calls PowerPoint, where he point. He, he has students and he builds this in and teaches them how to do it. He has students point out to other students what they did well during the class. So it, he's got his goals for the class. And if somebody saw somebody else doing something great, you point at them and you give them the compliment and you, and you call for two or three of those. And I don't know, I've, I think I'm gonna to try to incorporate something like that. Just not only to help settle the kids down like you're talking about Lauren and get them to think and relax. But that SEL piece of, hey, it not only feels good to get a compliment, but it sure feels good to give one.
4: Right. And that could be the highlight of some kid's day, yeah. too. Like some mm-hmm. might not be doing, having that great of a day, and they do one good thing in PE, and someone realizes that. And that could make their whole day.
0: Yep. What, what needs do you think kids might come with that are going to be highlighted? in the socio or social and emotional, what, what what things should we be looking for?
7: Well, here's an interesting concept. Um, Was talking to one of my PE teachers today and he was asking his kids, kids question, like, what are something that you miss? And he was expecting to get stuff like, I miss getting to go play with my friends and play soccer or basketball or this or that. And he got answers from literally, I miss being able to go to the park and play to I miss getting to go to the grocery store. (laughs) So we're going to have a wide range of what these kids have been allowed to do for a long period of time. And they may, the six feet may not be an issue for them. They may want more space than that because they haven't been allowed to be around anybody but their own family. And so, and do those parents even let those kids come back for a while? I think those issues are going to be things we're going to have to deal with too.
1: Um, An interesting concept. Today was our first PD day and um, one of our counselors had said that something that we didn't think about or we we should think about is that some of these kids that came from really stable families and they were, you know, kids without behaviors or without um, problems, they they're used to their worlds being, you know, very good, and um, they might be the ones coming back with the most trauma because their world got turned upside down. Whereas some of these trauma kids that we always see behaviors from, this might not be a big deal to them. This is just one more obstacle, and you know, in their life of many obstacles, and so they might they might have less trauma or showing new behaviors than. Um, maybe some of the kids that we've never seen behaviors from before. And I, I thought, wow, I never thought of that. You know, It's
0: a super interesting thought, Stacey.
1: Wow. Yeah.
0: Well, you're going to have
7: these kids that have been at home with maybe siblings and maybe none. Yeah. And so just the concept of being around other people may stress them, yeah. depending on how much their parents have kept them secluded or not allowed them to interact with others. And so that stress level is going to bring out issues in them.
0: Yeah.
3: I'm going to say I saw a little bit of the opposite this week. We started with kids on Monday. Um, I actually didn't have any PE classes until today, but just doing the whole check-in and uh, temperature checks in the morning, asking the questions, I almost feel like our kids, there was almost like a, a sense of nervousness. Um, there wasn't that excitement for the first couple of days of school. It was almost like kids came to school scared the first couple of days this week. Um, you know, obviously wearing the masks and stuff, you can't see their faces, but I could just tell like kids were not, they weren't super talkative. It was almost like they were nervous to come to school this week. Hmm. Um, so it was, it was interesting to see that, but you know, uh, once they got in there and got going, I think they kind of settled down a little bit, but I think uh, I saw just the opposite of that there was a lot of they did really good as far as staying away from each other it's just that that constant reminder to them um, that we have to give them to stay you know try to stay six feet apart and use the markings on the floor and stuff but it was interesting to kind of to kind of sense the the nervousness from our kids and and how they they were kind of unsure how school was going to be you know so it was it was interesting to see that i totally did not expect that i thought kids would be smiling and happy and yelling and screaming and stuff but it was it was almost a sense of of nervousness and and scared coming back to school
0: which i guess makes sense too i guess you know when you think about it they had no idea what they were walking into in some ways yeah any other things kyle as you think back because you you've had uh, at least one day of teaching now and any insights for us
3: um no, it's, it's been an eerily quiet couple days. Uh, we're doing a hybrid A-B day, so essentially we're seeing half or a little less than half of our kids. Um, you know, and just, just the whole getting used to the first couple days, meeting their teachers and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, we didn't know how long we were going to be in session. From what I've heard, everything's gone really smooth. I think everybody's kind of expecting to go full remote just with cases in our area going up and... You know, I think as soon as it does hits the school that it's it's I think everybody's assuming it's going to shut down and go full remote. So, you know, kids have really, really done a good job in their homerooms of learning how to use computers and signing on to all their virtual stuff and just kind of getting used to that stuff. So we are throwing a lot at them this week with that. Um, But, you know, like I think Justin was saying earlier. Um, I kind of did this today just as like a two minute filler at the end of class. You know, I was asking kids what their favorite part of the summer has been and the, and the essentially a five month layoff. But then I also asked them, you know, what did they hate or what did they miss the most? And it was a lot of, you know, friends and interaction and sleepovers and stuff like that. So I know they were missing, missing their peers and, and things like that, but it's been a good couple of days. It's just, it's, it's totally different, you know, just with everything that's going on. So
0: Tom, would you mind um, talking a little bit about Health Moves Minds? Um, because this is a this is a program that, if your school was interested in, um, I, I'll let Tom explain more. But he was explaining a little bit earlier. I think it's it's worth giving some airtime to. Um, and if you want to know more, um, he put his email in the in the chat, so you can certainly um, get in, get in touch with him. But would you mind kind of? You know, need to go into real depth, but give an over- overview of what that's about.
5: Sure, thanks Stacy. Um, yeah, Health Moves Minds is basically Shape America's um, program that kind of replaced Jump uh, Rope for Heart. Um, I obviously have a lot of respect for the people at AHA that did Jump Rope for Heart for 20 years. They're still doing wonderful things. I know a lot of schools that are still doing that. But Shape America came up with this program and we're talking about resources. and we're talking about socio-emotional lessons, Uh, the Health Moves Minds curriculum is full of age-appropriate, skill-specific lessons, SEL lessons for K through 12. And the difference between the Health Moves Mind student-focused learning initiative is it's not just, you don't just do it for two weeks, like you might do your Jump Rope for Heart or whatever, have a Jump Rope for Heart, You know jump rope unit you actually use it every day and throughout the whole school year so you're you're embedding it into your curriculum and you're changing your culture of your school to a culture of kindness every day and that's why i really like i saw it happen in my school last year when i did it um it it changes you know you start to see your classroom teachers have kindness posters and you know it, it, it really transforms your culture, and you can't do that in two weeks. You do it all year long. So that's the difference in any <laughs> fundraiser I've ever done before. It's just been tremendous for my school.
0: Cool. Well, yeah. And again, if you want some more information, the the Shape website has it. But otherwise, you know, I'm sure Tom would be happy to explain what, more what his school has done. So exactly. I, I just feel like that's that's an upcoming thing. All these SEL talk. Around um, around the whole school, PE is going to be the center point, and it's just—I mean—it's just embedded in what we do. You can't teach PE right. without teaching it. But you've learned—you've really highlighted it and got a whole culture around it, and you're affecting the whole school with it. That's—that's that's the piece I like.
5: Yeah, in most districts, they're already—you know—when I started it last fall, I was in—you know—my staff meetings during workshop week, and. Everybody was talking about SEL learning, and we we had um, developed an SEL team of school counselors at our school. And you know, I'm jumping around in the back of the room, and I'm like, "Hey, you know, I'm I'm going to be implementing a program this year that is right up this alley, and it's and it's focusing on the same things." So yeah. uh, it was really great timing. Um, obviously, Shape America uh, must had done their research as as to what is important right now, and obviously with the current situation, both our student body and our staff, we're going to need to be able to be in touch with our emotions and have strategies to, um, you know, be able to deal with these stressful situations as they come up.
0: I think you mentioned at the last podcast, Tom, that a big part of what we need to do is just model what students need to do, and we need to show them how we're handling our stress and and I think it's okay to show them and tell them that we're stressed and that we're being affected by this and then to share our strategies for what we're doing to calm ourselves down which some of us for me it's getting out and playing pickleball you know (laughs) that's that's part of my strategy and to, to share that with students I think is important to model that and then allow them to go for a bike ride if they're feeling stressed or whatever they would prefer to do.
2: Hey, Stacy. The social emotion learn, emotional learning SEL it, it keeps coming back, and it's 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 on the forefront, and it's really really applicable for this for this upcoming school year. And I think physical education can and should be the leader in, in supporting the school's atmosphere and climate in regards to social emotional learning.
0: Well, you say that, Jamie, and and I, I do want to discuss that a little bit more because you you've brought that up a couple different times. Um, when you say the atmosphere, you're not talking just the gym because you've made comment overall on all our podcasts, podcasts several times about the idea of we're not in this alone. We're not the only ones training kids to, uh, wash equipment. We're not the only ones training kids to stay six feet PE. We're part of a team and we need, we need to be good team leaders or team participants in, in that, but can you say a little bit more about why you think that's that's so such a big deal?
2: well I think number one when students come they' that they're, that they're feeding off our our enthusiasm versus our fears Our excited, you know and, and, that, and that's as, as a building as a whole is just create that welcoming environment those first few days of school just like if it was it was a quote unquote a regular first day of school it's filled with excitement yeah. and, and try to try to bring some of that some of that normal back to back to the school day and we can certainly have our, our, our anxiety in private or during staff meetings or what have you but but the, the kids the kids shouldn't bear the brunt of that
0: yeah and to me I guess I think it comes down to respect
2: mm-hmm.
0: being respectful that these are people not just children they are real people with emotions themselves and and knowing that like part of the discussion was in that segment where kids could come in with totally different emotional needs and some might come in and be real scared, literally scared sometimes because now they're hanging around everybody has masks on and that could create anxiety for some kids whereas others it's not going to bother and so we're not going to really know how it's affecting mm-hmm. these kids until it comes out and it might be different you know you might think that first day wow that really went smooth the kids were just really keen in and listening and then the next time you have them all of a sudden they're all over the place and that could be because even just in that classroom, if they have a teacher who's just super stressed themselves and really nervous about breaking rules, and suddenly that's become the most important thing, even above learning, is making sure my kids don't break any of these rules. Well, if kids are going to catch on to that, and they're going to be f- afraid to step out of line, and then that's going to come out in their behavior. You know what I mean? And Any thoughts on, or is that kind of what you were getting at where you were yeah. talking
2: and that's and that's what I'm I guess that's what I'm getting at It's you know if 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 a student doesn't have if a student doesn't have their mask on, or if a couple of students are not six feet apart if that, if that's your rule in your school, it's how how do you correct that situation, yeah. and if if you're correcting that situation, but your your fears and your own anxieties are leading that discussion, it's going to be a negative interaction, and and that's that's, that's the climate you're gonna be sitting in the school and the kids are gonna play off that. Now, if you come back as a teachable moment and come at, come at that moment with compassion and understanding, uh, I, I just think it's such a, di- a different and more positive climate for the building.
0: Yeah, so in, in many way, ways, man, be, your team is just gonna be so critical in this. When I say team, the other teachers in your building, even the ones you don't have a lot of direct contact with, you playing a role in that team and you guys working well together is is a, a super big deal, and it's gonna it's gonna come out sideways if you're not working well together. The the kids will sense that.
2: Uh, you know I was gonna say. I think our our standards our standards alone, and why I keep going back to you know, if I had should should and could be a leader in the uh, in the social social emotional learning is is our sta- our social emotional learning is just ingrained in our standards from everything from trust cooperation communication. Those sort of, it's all embedded right in our right in our own standards.
0: Yeah, and you and I have been sensing this, and we've brought this up on other podcasts. And I know I've been ha- hammering the internet lately, just looking for resources and uh, taking free classes or anything that's offered. And I'm, I'm taking a class right now called Start Leadership um, at Start leadership.com if you want to go check that out Um, it's just a slightly different approach but a great it's kind of nice to be just brought walk through some thoughtful processes on this I've been teaching SEL for years obviously it's embedded in our in in our curriculum in 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 what we do but it's kind of nice to have some specific resources that walk you through here you know here's some very specific things you can do with kids in, in different ways to get them to think about it
2: and again, Shape America has some resources on their website that you know how, how to integrate social and emotional learning, specifically social and emotional learning in, in physical education. And another good one I found was it's called Scholastic. It's kind of a play off the the book company Scholastic. It's actually Skillastic. S K I L L A S T I C S. Skillastic.com, and they have they have some pretty good resources just on again how to embed social and emotional learning in, into physical education.
0: Yeah, and Tom Roberts discussed that's part of that shape america and men mm-hmm. shape um that idea of health moves minds is uh, has a ton of activities in there as well so yeah this i mean this whole podcast it kind of put a put a bow on this if, if, as i'm thinking back there's just been a, a ton of resources a ton of stuff for for links and i obviously we've mentioned that we'll have those available at the on the in the show notes um links and different places you can go for resources and we've even talked about how important other PE teachers are as a resource Um, but even as we just discussed the teachers in your building the people you work with every day um, those are actually going to be one of the best resources and most important resources you have
2: that is thinking (laughs) PE